Revolution. Today we are making history. It's embarrassing to us as a nation all over the world. They're talking about Chicago. I campaigned on change. You voted for change. And I plan to deliver change to our government. You're listening to Chronicle Headlines. One of the reasons I'm perpetually excited about Columbia is that we have chosen to be different. Welcome in. I'm Blaise Massa. Sex, love and relationships, and body. The Chronicle sex issue has all that, and this podcast will be themed similarly. A few years ago, Eva met Jimmy, and the duo has been inseparable since. But first, we speak with an up-and-coming band in the DIY queer music scene. You're listening to Saint Nothing by Awe. The band is made up of senior music composition major Indigo Finnamore and sophomore music composition major Munay Hammond. The duo tries to convey queer energy. Being queer is very, like, either very loud or very quiet. That was Finnamore, who met Hammond near Los Angeles. You can stream Awe on GarageBand or follow them on Awe Band on Instagram, but that is spelled O-U-X. I have managing editor Kendall Polidori in studio with me. So Kendall, you spoke with Awe. They're a DIY band. Uh, what exactly is a DIY band? What's DIY music? I can assume that DIY means do-it-yourself, but what does that fully entail? Yeah, so you're correct. Uh, DIY essentially means do-it-yourself. Um, But for the music community and for artists that are part of a DIY music community, um, it's basically that they don't belong to a record label. Um, They don't have, you know, people in a financial position telling them what to do. Um, They don't have people helping them manage their tours or, you know, set up shows. Um, And they also do not have anybody professionally helping them, um, you know, produce their music um, and get music out on platforms or create albums. Um, So essentially, it's the artist that is doing all of this work. They're creating the music. They're producing it. They are setting up, you know, any live show that they're doing. Um, They're creating their own merch. They're creating their own... um, albums and everything like that yeah, so a little bit of everything and you touched yes. on this a bit in your line of questioning but does that leave the artists with more room for creativity if they are doing anything and there's no corporate big brother so to speak mm-hmm. uh yeah of course so when you're doing it yourself um especially as an artist you're going to have that room for creativity you're going to be able to make all of the decisions um for yourself Um, and kind of decide what works best for you and what you feel is right. Um, So it definitely gives um, artists that space to really experiment and try something different without, you know, having harsh repercussions. Yeah, so then why did you choose Awe? Again, that's O-U-X. Everyone out there listening, trying to Google this band, it's O-U-X pronounced Awe. So why did you choose them? Yeah, so um, last semester, I actually wrote a piece. I interviewed um, a different Chicago band 
um, named Boy, B-O-Y-E, and um, they're also part of the queer DIY music community. Um, But since when I figured out that I kind of wanted to dive deeper into what DIY um, music is and kind of hear more about the queer music um, community, I reached out to Boy and asked them if they knew of any bands that would be a great fit to kind of explain you know, what is DIY? What is their stance in the queer DIY music community? And so um, they sent all my way. And by fate, they were both Columbia students. So it worked perfectly. Um, and yeah, they're just both great people. And so um, they gave really amazing insight on to like what DIY means, but especially what it means to them, because I feel like it kind of has a different mm-hmm. meaning to everybody that's part of it. So forgive my ignorance and potentially anyone who is listening, but what are the major differences, if any, between the DIY music scene and the queer DIY music scene? Yeah, so, I mean, DIY, the DIY community is basically an umbrella community. And in that community, there are a bunch of different um, communities. And um, the queer music community is one of them. And so basically what that is, is it's a space for queer artists, you know, that identify as non-binary, um, uh, that can go and be themselves mm-hmm. and kind of express themselves with that identity specifically. So Kendall, I am a little bit curious uh, what the relationship is between the band um who writes the songs, who's on what instrument, how do they go back and forth? Uh, Yeah, so the two of them actually met. um, They attended college at Whittier College in Los Angeles or near Los Angeles. Um, And so they met in a course that they were taking together. Um, And, you know, they became friends and they both found out that they were um, interested in music and both had this passion. And so they started playing music together. Um, I'm not sure you know, which, how that was when mm-hmm. they first started out, like which instruments they played or like who played what or um, how they created music. But um, from there, they, you know, got really close. They became best friends and they actually blossomed into a romantic relationship. Um, and through that, um, Mene Hammond, um, who is the guitarist for the duo, um, she is originally from Chicago and so she moved back home and so Indigo was not in Chicago yet and so um, the two of them were having like a long distance relationship and then finally Indigo um, decided to come to Chicago and um, now they both attend Columbia as um, music composition majors and um, yeah and so they've continued to kind of grow and create this music together Um, I believe they both sit down and um, write the music and kind of figure out which direction they want to go in. Um, They have a lot of different inspirations, but um, they kind of pull from more of like a hip hop or like a pop synth kind of sound. It's very different um, and they experiment um, with their sound a lot. And so, um, yeah, it's just a space for them to kind of try different things, which is kind of Indigo said Mm -hmm. that um, back in California, they were also part of um, the DIY community. Um, And they kind of explained it to where it's a little bit the same everywhere you go. It's like a space to have fun and it's safe. Um, And, you know, you have the room to kind of experiment and try different things. And so I think that's kind of what they're continuing to do is like test out different sounds and see really whatever sounds fun to them, they're going to roll with it and see if they can make something with it. 
And if you're not as musically inclined as Kendall, we did have their song, a little bit of their song in the beginning of the podcast. So if you're like, what is a pop synth? Um, it's kind <laughs> of that, I think. I don't I don't know. Um, that was Nothing or Saint Nothing by Awe. And Kendall, they say really never to go into business with your significant other. So did you ask him at all how it was like singing songs and composing music with your significant other? Because they are essentially also running a business. Yeah, of course. Um uh, that was one of my major questions that I wanted to ask them, and they um, answered it very beautifully. You know, they were like, um, for them, it's just they love music and they love being together. And so it's kind of just an addition onto their relationship. Um, and, you know, they said, obviously, just like any other relationship or any other couple, there's going to be arguments or times that they just kind of butt heads. Um, but instead of, you know, arguing with your partner and being like hey did you wash the dishes like they'll argue about like music and be like hey did you mix that track and (laughs) so it's just it was a very wholesome conversation um and you could tell during the interview um the two of them were just very close-knit they were very um supportive of each other and very um affectionate and so um i think they kind of just bounce right off of each other which makes the whole duo work even better so, Kendall, we only have a couple minutes here, and before we go, it'd be wrong of me not to ask where some of their shows are, and especially because this is a DIY queer music band. How do they set up their shows? Is there any type of aesthetic you get from them? Yeah, so as a DIY um, you know, artist or band, um, a lot of the shows that you'll be having is at a house show, um, and that's essentially, you know, just at somebody's house or apartment, or you know, sometimes you'll rent out um, a smaller venue that doesn't fit a whole lot of people. Um, and house shows, you know, they're very different from a regular music venue. So I guess I can put it in comparison to, like, say you go to Aragon, which is like massive and it can fit, you know, probably over a thousand people. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the DIY community, they just fill a small house. People are wall to wall. Um, You usually still pay to get in. um, And all that money, rather than, you know, paying to maybe $60 to see one of your favorite artists at the Aragon Ballroom, um, going to a house show, you'll maybe pay $5 and all that money goes to that band to help them you know produce their music and to continue buying equipment and creating the space for people to go to um and it's also just a very because it's so small and because you know obviously the space is limited um it's a very close and personal experience for people rather than going to a massive venue um and you know not really connecting with the people around you Um, And also with a house show, when I was talking to Awe, um, they mentioned that, you know, obviously going and playing at a music venue is better for a live performance because of the technical sound equipment that comes with it. You know, their sound will come across much more polished and much more how um, they produce it rather than at a house show. Um, It'll be more raw and natural and it won't sound as um as well as they would hope it to be i guess yeah because well the the equipment is different and the acoustics are different and all that in a house show so kendall i have a few more questions but it's usually this time in the show for me to give you know the listeners some quick reads about our stories in the print edition we will get to that in a second and trust me with our specialty sex issue edition there's plenty to talk about 
But I want to step aside from our regularly scheduled programming to talk about your other story this week, and that was Title IX and the Title IX office. But your story was more of like a, a helpful guide. Is that correct? Am I characterizing it properly? Yeah, yeah. And that was definitely the purpose of it. It was to kind of um, lay out this piece um, for students to really know um, what the issues are, um, where they can go to report crimes if needed, and just kind of like helpful um things for students to know in that situation. So you can go to ColumbiaChronicle.com for the full article, all the tips, all the everything, but really quickly I want to sneak in one or two important things. So you mentioned mandatory and non-mandatory reporters in your story. How does that work? Yeah, so if a student was to report a crime um, to somebody, say they want to report it to a faculty member that they're close to. Um, students should know that if they were to um, confide in a faculty member that that faculty member is a mandatory reporter. And so that means that they would then have to um, report what the student told them to the Title IX office. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously a non-mandatory um, reporter is somebody that you know you can confide in that does not report anything does not say anything after um, if you or if the student does not want them to mm. so non-mandatory someone you could speak to for advice about the situation but it will not go through official channels yes and yes. people like uh, every professor at the college mm -hmm. is a mandatory reporter you mention anything and they have to report it. Yes. okay so then how aside from actually telling someone how can people file complaints um, yeah, so there's a couple of different ways. Um, a student can um, go in person to a Title IX office, um, and there's one on uh, Columbia's campus. Um, they can go in person and file a complaint and talk to somebody in the office, or there are a lot of resources on uh, Columbia's website for Title IX um, where you can file reports online. Um, and that can be both... Um, anonymous and that can be non-anonymous it just depends how the sense. form goes yeah through. and okay. it depends um something that i mentioned in the article and something that the title IX office um stressed was that um in these situations the student is always in control um and so how um an issue or a situation goes is always up to the student that is reporting a crime again you can get the full list of tips, critiques, ideas, and then you spoke with some Title IX people and Title IX experts uh, on ColumbiaChronicle.com or go pick up a print edition near you. Kendall, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. In the spirit of Valentine's Day, our sex issue has hit the stands. This issue covers everything from sex to relationships to how to be more eco-friendly in the bedroom. In the center spread, have you ever wondered what faces people make when they orgasm? For this oddly specific request, we have the photo gallery just for you. Director of photography Mike Rundle took photos of seven people recreating this face, and he asked them questions about the societal pressures of sex and any positive or negative experiences they've had. In the body section, more than 800 million people menstruate every day, yet there is still stigma around menstruation. Whether it's at school or work, some people are afraid to bring it up. There's definitely a stigma, so I wouldn't... I never felt comfortable, especially telling male teachers. That was creative writing major Connor Hagen. Hagen stopped menstruating in May 2019, but has missed class due to menstruation. Experts say employers should assume people may need some days off, but that does not mean those who menstruate are weak. And in the love and relationship section, 
TJ Walker has worn the same metal necklace for two years. The necklace has his name on it, along with the name of his brother and mother. It's Walker's way of remembering his mother, who died a few years ago. This token of affection is one of many that Columbia students have. To see other tokens of affection and for additional reporting on all these stories, go to ColumbiaChronicle.com or pick up an issue near you. That's about all we have for today, but before you go, we have one more story, and it's about relationships. Eva fell deeply in love with Jimmy from West Virginia. I want him to have the best life, and I think that I can give him the best life. I know I can give him the best life, so... She knows it's corny, but she said it was love at first sight. Sometimes things happen, and you can't really explain them. He's so good. He's such a good dog. Like, he's unbelievably good. (laughs) Eva adopted Jimmy from Petco, but she didn't really like the name, so she renamed him Blue. But he goes by other names, such as... He was double O Boo Boo for Halloween. And when he's at WCRX, he's known as DJ Boo Boo. Blue is a mixed breed. Eva doesn't know exactly what type of breed he is, but she has some guesses. I call him an Appalachian Couchhound because he's from West Virginia and he just wants to sleep on the couch all the time. Blue is more than a pet. Blue is Eva's emotional support animal. Blue came into Eva's life when they accidentally met at a Petco adoption event. So, uh... Since my mom passed, uh, you know, my anxiety, when she got sick, my anxiety went up. And um, when she was sick and after she passed away, I had a lot of depression I was dealing with. And so whenever, you know, you just get into that dark place where you're thinking really negative thoughts and it's hard to pull yourself out, sometimes I can just look at Blue, and I'm grateful for him being in my life. Eva met Blue the day before Mother's Day, a few years after her mother died. Eva said that is not a coincidence. That was in the middle of the 2010s, which was a time of great change for Eva. She applied to colleges away from her home state of Maryland. It was a time of nothing but change. Well, there was one constant. And that's to Boo Boo, yes. Eva said Blue's calm demeanor and Sean Connery-type appearance makes him an amazing support animal. Blue has even helped others stay calm. There's some students that are, like, having anxiety or kind of off the wall with their, uh, you know, hyperactivity, and I get that way, too. So, I mean, I'm not judging anybody, but, uh, you know, they, they get worked up, and when they see a dog, especially one as calm as Blue, they lay down on the floor with them, and they're quiet, and... He's very, his presence is very soothing. Eva and Blue are in it for the long haul, and before you ask, yes, he knows tricks. He knows so many tricks. Too many tricks to list, but Eva more or less taught him how to bark. So I tried to teach him how to speak, and the video that I was watching that teaches you how to do that says that you respond to any noise that they make. And so he was starting to sneeze. And so I was like, oh, good boy, good boy. So now uh, whenever he, whenever I ask him to speak, he just does a sneeze. I don't have a treat to him. I don't know if I'll do it. Woo-woo. <laughs> Let's get a good one. Let's get a good one. Can you say woo-woo? Can you? Can you? <laughs> Welcome, woo-woo! <laughs> That's all for this week. For more stories, go to ColumbiaChronicle.com or follow us on our social medias. We are at CC Chronicle on Twitter and Instagram. 
and the Columbia Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible by the collaboration of WCRX, Chicago's Underground, and the Columbia Chronicle, along with the chair of the Communication Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride. A special thanks to managing editor Kendall Polidori. I'm Blaze Messa. It's been an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege. We'll speak with you all next week.